All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Thursday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, Edmonton Sports Authority. Also live on Oilers Nation YouTube, uh, where the con man is uh, always engaged in the uh, comment section. And uh, if you go there, be sure to hit the subscribe button. All right. So it's a, it's a Friday night game tomorrow. And uh, if you want to go, go hit the subscribe button because we're uh, we're I, don't, I think we're about I don't know what it is, like 22 people shy of 17K. If we get to 17,000 subscribers today, guess what? Then uh, somebody's going to win a pair of tickets to the game tomorrow night, Friday night. Have a little fun. Enjoy it. Way you go. So go hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends to do it. And then uh, maybe you'll be one of the winners. It's nice. Or uh, while you're there, just comment on the show. It's always fun. Let's get to uh, Ryan's rant brought to you by Action Electrical family run business for over 50 years. And they are always looking to improve and uh, and grow, expand, and guess what? They want to remind you that uh, preventative maintenance for a commercial building, electrical stuff, infrared testing, energized and de-energized testing, they do it all, actionelectrical.net. As uh, a regular uh, Thursday uh, co-host, he's on the road today because uh, he's, he's limbered up. I, when you're a champion, I guess you get invites to uh, to stuff like this. He's partaken in the uh, Chicklets Cup. Of course, he's a a world champion uh, in the uh, uh, the Masters. I want to get the division right. The Masters division. Terry Ryan. TR, how are you? I'm not bad. How the hell are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Like, What kind of stretching routine do you have to do before you play now? 
<laughs> what kind of stretching routine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great question because, yeah, there's much more stretching now, isn't there? Um, yeah, you uh, same, you know, just a little bit, uh, what's the word, a little bit more of it. I, uh, when I go to games, honestly, when I play ball hockey and stuff now, it's like a three or four hour process <laughs> for, to, to really get going. I I mean, and if I was just to like jump on and start playing, I'd feel like a 90 year old, but not that I know what that feels like, but I have an idea. So, but if I, if I go through the process, I feel normal. Like it, it's good when my blood gets going, I get out there and everything, but through all the years and especially ball hockey of running and pounding on that pavement and everything, I got to say it's taken a toll on my ne- ankles and knees more than anything. Oh, buddy, it's really hard on your joints. No question. Uh, so, yeah, you got to limber up. You got to get some ice bags on there. Um, where did you guys finish in the Chicklets Cup last year? Um, you know, we've been at a cup. So this will be our third. It's it's a long story. Without getting right into it, there, there was one. This is the fourth overall. It's my third. The very first one, um, Biz and them hosted a tournament in Detroit. And what happened was a lot of the guys – that I recognized from these world championships and stuff were there. And Biz got wind of that, and he called me kind of to help out because they got smoked. His team, the big deal, selects the first time. So he knew I had at least a foot on the ground in that ball ball hockey world. Um, I think they kind of took it for granted at first, to be honest. So then we came back. I played two in Vegas. We got to the final. And in Buffalo last time, we got to the final, but we haven't won it. So we're hoping that with this... uh, Basically, we rolled it back, and it's a bit of fun, but uh, we do. There are some rivalries built up, and there's a lot of action, a lot of fun. This is really entertaining. You know, I, I, I love playing at the World Championships with Canada and everything. This is completely different. This is three on three. Uh, it's, you know, buddies versus what we've kind of created our enemies. And it's. Um, What's the word? It's, it's, it's entertainment value, but it's heavy competition. It didn't start like that. Have you ever seen The Simpsons? Yeah. Where it starts and it's Bert, I think, and Marge again, playing tennis against Homer and Lisa. Oh, yeah. And then Homer, Homer gets, like, sick and, like, he puts Agassi in. And then Serena Williams goes in for somebody. And by the end of it, it's the Williams sisters against Agassi and, I think, McEnroe or something like that. Do you yes. remember that, Simpsons? Yes, I do. It's, it's kind of like that. Biz has built this this street hockey game and at this time it's going to be tough man there's eight teams here in this division in the a division like 50 teams here but there's eight in the a division and real real good like these are the best in the world whatever they've done they've got the attention of a lot of guys that go to these tournaments it's not just me and my buddies this time like this is this is real this is a lot of the guys that were at the world championships just a month ago are here and they're spread on all the teams so traditionally it's our team. It's our team against this fellow they called Nose Face Killer, and he's a character. <laughs> and uh, but I mean, we, we'll both be lucky to make it to the final this time. It's real good. Okay, um, uh, you're you're in Pittsburgh for for this, right? Yeah. Correct. No, I'm in Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. Okay, but are they playing Pitt tonight? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. We're okay. hoping to sit the kids in. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. we all got tickets there. They got us a box and everything, so we're gonna. We're going to watch. My dad hasn't seen a game. I kind of cut you off from the question. My dad hasn't seen a game in a long time in the NHL, so oh, nice. we're really looking forward to that. Hopefully, Sid, the kid's there, and we can get down, and uh, my dad can meet him. Well, uh, Tage Thompson, 
Probably uh, could be in the lineup. A uh, pretty good young player, Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power. Uh, you know, Buffalo's got some really good players. The the, the hype in Buffalo, Tara. I know I've, I've been an East Coast guy. Like you look at the Sabers, they're an organization that not like well, a they've sucked for a long time now. So uh, nobody like, when you're bad, you almost get to the point <laughs> yeah. now where other fan bases feel sorry for you and like, oh, I don't mind, I don't mind <laughs> Buffalo. I hope they do well. And Tage Thompson's exciting, yeah. and you know what, uh, Dylan you're Cousins, right. etc. And you know the big question marks, of course of the goaltending but you've been in uh, in buffalo for a you know for a short time i'm guessing everywhere you go everybody's talking about how good are the sabers going to be how good are the sabers going to be yeah there's a real buzz here i for a few reasons i've been to buffalo a lot um just it's right there on the border and for us in newfoundland a, a layup of a trip is coming to toronto or buffalo to see a sports event you know if we're going to see an nfl game it's around here the Leafs, the Jays, the Raptors. So I'm in this area a lot. I spill over across the border to where we are now quite a bit. And it's there's a huge buzz here. And there, I mean, there should be. The players you mentioned are awesome. They, they've had a, geez, they've had some bad luck over the years, the recent years. But I really, I've never been here with this kind of a hockey buzz. It's real positive. Um People are no no longer talking about the French connection and going backwards, you know. Oh, back! Remember Dominic Hasek? It seems that everybody's kind of on board for the current team they got, and it's exciting. There you go. It's exciting and and intriguing. The last few years, you could probably say, well, you know, they're building towards something, and hopefully they get get there. But I think people here now are—I don't want to say expecting, but it's almost there. They're, you know, these—they're thinking playoffs, you know, and. Uh, it's going to be tough, but it's possible this year as opposed to the last few. Terry Ryan joins us. Uh, uh, TR, I hope you uh, better smoke nose face. Uh, curious, uh, did you bring your tent from uh, Uncle Jesse uh, referring to your, your interview on the uh, Chicklets? Are you sleeping in a tent tonight? Is that what you're doing? Making sure you're ready to go? No, they got us a nice spot. I know what they're, t- they're talking about. <laughs> this whole tent thing got completely exaggerated. I have a tent. At home, and I, you know, I use, I use a fishing more than anything. Okay. Um, I take it out on my bike, and it's been a quiet, it's been a quiet little tent. Me and my tent have had great times over the years, but of course, chicklets are only going to pick up on one part of that, and I'll leave that open to the imagination or to your listening pleasure. You can tune into the latest episode. But outside of that, no, we're staying here. Every time I've been here, for the most part, I stay in this area. We're we're right down by the River Works. Um, Kind of, I'm not going to say in the heart of Buffalo, but not far from the heart of Buffalo. And at this point, um, you know, we know a lot of locals here and everything too, so it kind of feels a bit homey for the U.S. Uh, now, have you ever been to a Bills game, Terry? Yeah. Now, yeah, did, just uh, and and when you went, was, when you went, have like yeah. have you broken a table? Have you jumped through the table? No, no, nothing like that. I was almost an imposter. I came twice because the Bills were playing, but it, it, I wasn't into football like I am now. Now I almost look back and I'm like, I didn't really appreciate the situation I was in. Um, but, you know, I'll definitely be going again in the future. I I really, I don't know, I, I like Buffalo. I find it gritty. I find it to be a sports town. And a lot of Canadians coming back and forth that yep. kind of influence the pace here, which you don't need in every city, but it's a, it's nice here. I find it, you know, hockey talk, a lot of people, you know, I could go down in Buffalo and start at the sports bar under the hotel here 
and start talking about the Oilers and people would jump right in. It, you know, it's one of those yeah. places. People just like to talk about sports. It's a big part of the the whole flavor here in Buffalo. And it's not necessarily just all the Buffalo teams. People just love talking about sports, you know, one of those places. Yeah, it is good. Uh, Terry Ryan uh, joins us. Uh, TR, Connor McDavid has played three preseason games. He has uh, three goals, and uh, all of them are pretty sweet. I believe that Connor McDavid will become only the ninth player in NHL history to have consecutive 60-goal seasons. The last guy to do it was the Russian Rocket, Pavel Burry, in 1993 and 1994. Like, Sid the Kid mentioned 170 points. Like, I thought, McDavid, you know what? He could get 150 again. I really thought that's realistic because two of the last three years, like one year he did it, the other year he was on pace for it, and they only played 56 games, and he was on pace for 154 points that season. Like. When I'm watching him in the preseason, man, he's somehow he looks faster, which is crazy. Um, and if Kane and Brown are healthy all year long, Evander Kane's going to finish more goals than some of the other guys who played with him. Kane only played 14 games last or 41 games last year, and a lot of them were after injury, so he's not the same player. What do you think about McDavid? Like, is Sid is Sid not even being facetious with 170 points, or like even 160? The only guys who've ever done 160 are Lemieux and Gretzky. Like, we're entering kind of ridiculous category that doesn't even seem that crazy. If you sat there and, and if you went to a bar in Buffalo tonight and said, you know what, I think McDavid will get 160 points. People wouldn't laugh you out of the bar. They'd be like, well, I could see that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I got to say, I, when Sid said it, when I read that quote, my only thing is that, why is this a quote? Why am I reading this on the top of Instagram? Isn't that, of course he said it. Like, I think he totally can do it. He just had 150. We're talking about a generational player and then some playing a sport that he just dominated at. It wasn't a one-off. It wasn't an outlier. He's not in his 30s. He's approaching or in his prime. He's healthy. And he plays on a team that's challenging to win it all in his sport. Of course, he just had 150 points. If we were talking about... I'd say the same thing if we were talking about the best quarterback in the world, uh, the best point guard, you know, whatever year they had, we're going into what, how old he is, you know, and given the level of dominance in the sport, I don't think it's a stretch at all. I really don't. Someone would, someone would have had to say Wayne Gretzky might get 200 points after his first year, and you would have said, are you kidding me? Yeah. Right? And I know the numbers were a little different back then and everything, but I'm still accounting for that. He just had 150 points, man. More than that, he's, you know, and he was dominant, and look at him in preseason. It looks like he's a man, he looks like he's playing, he's in a bantam coming down playing peewee. Yeah, oh, I know, it's, it's it's almost crazy, but I like I, his goal last night from basically the goal line. Where we see goalies now, like goalies like to go down in the reverse VH from the sharp angle, right? And now forwards are just like, okay, I'll just shoot right up above their shoulder, and it almost doesn't matter what angle you're at, Terry. Like it's the advancement in the players, and I've loved this because goalies had goalie coaches for years. And the players never had a skills coach. You go home in the summer, you lift weights, you maybe play some ball hockey, do whatever you did. That was now they actually work on skills all summer coming yeah. out of the corner, right? Different angles. We're talking three, four, six inches and guys are shooting there over and over and over again. And it's just, I like it. Um, now granted I'm biased towards offense. I've always admitted that. I find that's more exciting to watch. I respect defense, but I want to be entertained and offense is entertaining, especially when it's high skill plays like that. And it's just the more I think about it, like I thought 60 goals for sure, but the more I think about it, I think 160 points is very realistic. Yeah. And I put it this way. I, I'd hate 
uh, you know, Oilers or, 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 or McDavid fans or whoever, hockey fans, to put that expectation there. Expectation is different to me than, you know, the, the, with the possibilities. Because the possibilities really, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, 170, of course. You could say more, really. I, I, it, 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 these, and not only the things I mentioned, but they have a po- power plays big in hockey. There's more power plays than ever. It seems that way. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, and they just had a record-breaking power play, right? I mean, I, I think it's mesmerizing. I've always said, comparing eras, I think it's like relative dominance rather than the points. Like Gretzky had 200 points four times, I think. I think his, yep. he topped out at 215. That feels good. But to me, you know, it sounds great. I mean, it feels good. It's phenomenal, the best ever. But, I mean... If if he had 80 points and everybody else had 40, it would mean the same to me. If you win that many scoring champs, if you're the best in your peers that often, and I've often I've said it, I think from 1980 to like 1999, it was only Lemieux, Gretzky, or Jagger, I think, had two who won the scoring. That's crazy dominance. I don't care what the actual points were, but we're getting there with McDavid. Like the year starts. Just think about a sport that's so much parody, right? Like you've got that puck on your stick. I don't know how many seconds per game. Not a lot. Not the same as a basketball player has the ball. Yep. Right? You're, you're out there and, and there's, you know, but by the end of the year, by 80 games, 60-minute games of the best players getting 20-odd minutes, and you get out there and after all that time, every year it seems he comes out on top. And to me, that's a, 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 a level of relative dominance that's up there with Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth. You know, it's, it's up there. So whatever the actual points are, I just think what we're looking at is one of the best players ever at his sport. Now, whatever he tops out at, to me, it's how many scoring championships as opposed to how many points. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that, that's <clears throat> totally fair. TR, have fun in Buffalo. Good luck finding a tent. And uh, don't hurt yourself. Make sure your warm-up is thorough. And uh, we will chat with you next Thursday. Okay. I can't wait to talk. Uh, have a great weekend, and thanks again. That is uh, Terry Ryan. He's uh, at the uh, Chicklets Cup, so uh, not joining us for his full stint today, but uh, was kind enough to join us for one. Uh, we'll come back. A few important questions on the text line to get to. Also, we'll get to uh, some fantasy report. we got Livingston and more on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and live on Orders Nation YouTube. What's cracking at Cattail Crossing Golf and Winter Club? Jason Greger show continues on. I don't even know what this song is. Where 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 are you getting this from? What is that? You don't know Psy? That's what I thought it was, but I thought he only had one song. <laughs> so much more than just Gagnum style. Oh jeez. What is he really though? Well, let's be honest. I, Come I, on, he'd be a one-hit wonder. I mean, I'd give him 3 hits personally. Really? Yeah. Okay. But the thing was, Gonman style didn't really even sing much. It was just a dance. The dance. It was, yeah. it was an experience, really. Mm, I guess. But yeah, I, I think he could fall under one hit wonder category for sure. Yeah, a little bit for sure. Um, we're going to get to the uh, fantasy report in a sec, but uh, a few texts to get to. 833 401 1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. It is the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Hey, guys, I don't get the love for the Flames this year. Counting on a better vibe, fixing a whole lot of problems. Uh, well, here's the thing. I, I I agree with you that it's more than just the vibe, right? It's not just the coach. It wasn't, you can't, it's easy to just blame the coach 
But Jacob Markstrom has been very much a yo-yo the last four years. 918 save percentage, 904 save percentage, 902 save percentage, crash down, or sorry, 920 save percent, 922, and then he crashed down to 890. It can't just be on Daryl Sutter. Jonathan Huberdor might not have liked the coach, but come on. You're supposed to be their main guy. Like you had your worst season ever and not even close. So did the coach play a part in it? Yes. But it's also, to me, a little easy to blame everything on the coach. Oh, big, bad Daryl Sutter. He ruined everything. Pretty sure it was the coach there the year before when Markstrom had a 922. Right? So where people saying, oh, my goodness, Daryl Sutter's been a great fit for Jacob Markstrom. I don't recall hearing that. So he can't just, well, when it's bad, it's all in the coach. When it's good, it's all in the player. I think that's a little unfair. But... I would bet money that Markstrom's not going to be an 890 this year, so he'll be better. The Flames lost 17 games in overtime or a shootout. If Markstrom you know, is even just a 900, there's a few of those games they win in regulation, they don't get to overtime. And they miss the playoffs by two points. Two points. Huberto does his job even a little bit better. Markstrom does his job. I'm guessing they get two or three more wins. So that's why I think they can uh, they can improve. They still got a fairly solid defense core. I don't love their team. I just is Seattle now. Seattle didn't have good goaltending either. That's what's funny. Like the Pacific Division, really. Like Skinner. That's why he was the All Star because there wasn't many other options in the division. Jack Campbell struggled. Markstrom struggled. Jonathan Quick was terrible. You look at now. Thompson was decent for Vegas. Didn't play a lot though. Seattle, Grubauer, brutal. They didn't have good numbers. Martin Jones, noop. Demko hurt. And when he was, now, when he came back and was healthy, yeah, he he played through an injury uh, early in the year, but still, he wasn't very good. So I think Calgary and Vancouver, I think their goaltending will be a lot better. That's going to help them. And Seattle, their fourth line was unbelievable five-on-five. Scoring goals for fun. But all three of their fourth liners got contracts elsewhere. So how good are they going to be? I think they'll be competitive because they play fast. They play hard. But I think Calgary could they'll be right in the mix with Seattle and Vancouver. And I think two of those three teams are going to make the playoffs. I don't love the Jets. Arizona, no. Chicago, no. Nashville, no. I don't see it. So that's why I think we could have uh, those specific division teams uh, in. Now, hey, Gregs, I'm curious. Uh, I know you coach. What were your thoughts on the Hockey Canada release yesterday about the new dressing room rules from Coach Nordy? So I read it, and I got to thinking, okay, who is this for? Okay, now I have coached U7, U9, and U11. Okay, in U7, all the kids come to the rink dressed. Heck, in U9, some did. U11, the kids, I don't see anybody taking off their undergarments anyway. Right now, when you get to U15 and U18, kids are sweating. You know what? You got all sorts of, you know, acne maybe. So what are they going to do? You're telling me, like, how do they enforce this? What, are they not allowed to shower? So honestly, who is this for? I'm guessing it's just for the U13, right? Because you remember U13, there was the odd kid who would shower and some didn't. And I don't know. 
But I'm all for people feeling comfortable. But do we have to change the rules for everything so the so the one percent is comfortable? And now what? So the U15 players are well, I guess I can't shower. Right? Like I don't like I, I read the press release and what they talked about. It's to promote inclusion, respect the privacy of all participants on the team. Well, if you don't want to change in front of everybody, that's your given right. But if somebody feels comfortable, right? Now, when you're U13, I don't remember it, now, only my experience. Talk to other coaches. You don't remember people just flashing everything all over the place, right? Most people were a little kind of shy at that point, right? You're going through puberty. It's a little awkward. So if you were doing it, you were doing it as quick as you can, right? Ooch. Let's get the jock on, get the Jill on as quick as we can. So, and then the other one is who's enforcing this, right? It's volunteers. So have a meeting at the start of the season. If you have a son or a daughter who, you know, is nervous about something or has an issue, then you go to your coach and I would hope as a coach, because I've had parents come to me, right, when we had kids who, uh, you know, uh, one had uh, ADHD, so he had to be very careful. And you know what? The fact that the parents told me made it much easier. So I learned how to deal with it as a coach. No problem. But we don't put in a rule now that's across the country where you have teams where it's not going to impact them. Why? Someone politely explain to me why. Why are we doing this? What's the major issue in U7, U9, U11? Right? Religious beliefs. What does religious beliefs have anything to do with wearing your base layer under your equipment? What are we talking about here? Body image concerns. If your son or daughter isn't confident about their own body, does that mean now that people who might be and they want to quickly change in from their, uh, um, you know, their underwear into their jock. They got to go into a room because you don't like how you look. What? These are, and especially for you, seven and nine, they don't care. So I do think this is over the top. This is my own opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion. You can disagree with it, but I'm entitled to it. I coach. I see it. And I haven't seen it at the young levels. That's why I'm saying. And you 15 and you 18, when you play at that level, I don't care if you're playing house league, if you're playing triple A. Most people shower after the games. So what are you going to say there now? You're not allowed to shower? So we're going to promote, you know, driving home in your sweaty clothes and stinking and being uncomfortable? What if it's a road game and you're an hour and a half out of town? Now you don't get to shower? Because there's one person in BC or one in Alberta or 10 in Alberta and all the teams now can't shower? Like, where, where does it stop? I don't understand it. I'm really sorry, but I don't get it. And I'm all for inclusion. Anybody's listened to my show for a long time. We'll help out others. But let's have some rational thought process and stop making sweeping changes across the board. Right? Like this, to me, it's a gutless thing for Hockey Canada to do. They're not enforcing it. You have the people making the decisions that are like, oh, now it's the responsibility of everybody else. We can pat ourselves on the back. Hee hee hee. Look at us. I'm Esther uh, Madzia. She's the Hockey Canada spokesperson. I can say we're looking out for others. Oh, yeah, what are you doing? Are you going to go in the room now and, and, and make, it, uh, make it happen? Right? And, and how do you as a coach go about it? Right? Like, to me, have conversations. And as parents, at the start of the year, when you have a parent-coach meeting, 
You can pull the coach aside and say, hey, here's something. How can we work through it? No problem. I don't think it's that difficult. But I never, uh, I didn't understand this ruling whatsoever. So, um, you know, like, let's just have conversations and say, okay, like, what's the issue here? We can put in a guideline. Here's a recommendation. Coaches, make sure you send out an email to parents so they can privately address this with you if it's an issue. And if it's something on your team, you can work through it. If it doesn't impact your team, we probably don't need the rule. And then coaches be sensitive enough and have enough empathy to say, okay, you know what? Maybe it's not going to be perfect, but we can work around it. No problem. If I'd have to deal with it as a coach for my team, I'd have no problem with it. But if it's a, a room that it's not an issue, then why are we even mentioning it? That's my issue. So, like, but the fact that they're doing, oh, it's all age groups. Like, it's so dumb. U7, U9, U11, it doesn't impact them. It really basically impacts U13. Because it only talks about, oh, you got to wear this before you get to the rink. Well, what about showering? Of course it doesn't address that. Why? Because it's not a well-thought-out plan. Simple. It's not a well-thought-out plan. We'll come back. Uh, Colin Livingston uh, will join us on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Thursday afternoon, we continue on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Text lines are how many? We've got lots of text to get to at the 803-401-1440. But first, they're going to speed things up in the uh, racing report brought to you by Cantorque. They've continued developing tools and are excited to announce their newest design, battery-powered nut runners. Four models from 500 to 3,000 foot-pounds with more on the way. Check it out at Cantorque. Dot com as uh, we are joined uh, in studio, Colin Livingston uh, joins us once again. CL, how you doing, my man? Man, it was, it's a great day. Uh, I don't know if Connor shared that with you. <laughs> we were about an hour hour ago. We were uh, working on uh, hydraulic nut splitters. I know that's Struddy's favorite. That's, oh, yeah, that's he loves a, the nut splitters. That's a fan favorite. So uh, <laughs> sent him the picture of us uh, with the big uh, two and a half inch uh, nut splitter going on. That makes my day. Now there's a uh, big news uh, because it was approved that uh, FIA approves the Andretti application become the 11 team, which would mean 22 uh, cars on the track uh, moving forward. Now this won't be for next year. It would be at the earliest. 2025. So what are the final steps to ensure this happens? Well, this is where it gets really messy because um, now they need Formula One management approval, which is basically uh, they got FIA approval, which is the the, the major hurdle or uh, the, the next hurdle that they had to face. And now they need the teams to sign off and they need Formula One management to do it. Um, this is where all of a sudden, you know, uh, out of the woodwork, again, all of these uh, team principals and team owners like uh, Lawrence Stroll and Christian Horner, they start their rhetoric about, well, we don't need another team. We don't need, you know, oh, it's perfect the way it is. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, blah, 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 blah. There's what's called a dilution fee when new teams join the grid. So if you buy an existing team, no big deal because that's just a difference uh, change in ownership. But this is a new team, and everyone's argument is that when you're the new team on the grid, you're starting to take resources away from the existing teams, which is a really one-dimensional way to think about it because really a team like Andretti, they're going to add to the pie. 
they're going to bring more people to watch. They're going to concentrate more fans from the U.S. I mean, Haas is on the grid, U.S.-based team in theory, but nobody really associates Haas with being American until they come and run the U.S. races. There's only one U.S. driver, um, but having Andretti and Cadillac as a as a, an entity, especially with three U.S. races, is going to do nothing but drive more eyes to TVs, more fans in the stands. It's going to make it better. So I think Andretti has a really good argument to say, listen, you know, we're going to pay a bit. We're going to pay something, but we're not like right now. The fee, I believe, is 200 million euro. And the teams are actually starting to, to uh, leverage or trying to pitch that they need to pay up to 600 million. So while everyone's saying no, 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 it's really just a matter of negotiating the price right now. It's essentially an expansion fee. Yeah. Is what it is. Right. Correct. And, uh, you know, they have that set uh, in, in other leagues. Uh, you know, the NHL, they had their expansion fee, Vegas, and then paid it, and they happily paid it. Um, but they didn't necessarily do the, uh, the red, oh, geez, we don't want one, right? They just kind of negotiate. Based on the value of it, you know, at the end of the day, it might be 600 million that they have to pay just to get in. And then just those principal owners, I would assume, split that 600 million amongst themselves, correct? That gets split between the existing uh, 10 teams. Um, and again, you know, their argument is that there's only so much money that gets paid out from the, the points fund, the TV fund, and all the revenue sharing that they have within Formula One. Having that 11th team dilutes it. This is their way of, you know, the the existing teams basically can't lose. It's just, again, it comes down to a matter of what the price is. But the complicating factor now is that because so much of the EU is involved and so much of the governing body is based in Europe, there's also a, like their antitrust laws are way stricter than even in North America that you can't by law restrict somebody from participating. So mm-hmm. as long as you meet all the requirements, there's a, there's going to be a lot of legalities that go into this before a decision's really made. Um now I haven't watched the uh um the Mercedes debrief okay. that they just had, but um you know, uh, Rosie Waite, uh, she was the head of strategy. You know, she did it. You watched it. Well, yep. What do you take away from something like that? And I know for racing fans, it is something they probably should watch. It's awesome because while you're watching the race, and, and it doesn't matter what what um, broadcast you watch, if it's Sky Sports, if it's the F1 broadcast, if you get an international feed, doesn't matter. The... Um, the, the commentators are always going to try and, you know, analyze what's going on in the race. And they're going to question uh, Mercedes, you know, in this case, their their strategy. Uh, Ferrari's been a whipping, whipping boy of um, Formula One for their strategy for years now because they always seem to make mistakes. But Mercedes is is amazing in that, like, I, it's... I think it's Wednesday or Thursday after the race. Um, some days it's, it, or some weeks it's as early as Tuesday. They'll send one of their management, whether it's, um, you know, uh, Andrew Shovlin or whoever. And this, this week, uh, with, with, um, you know, Rosie Walt, it was really cool because, you know, it's great that they're showcasing some of their female employees, but they go through and they break down the ant, like fans can submit all the questions. And this is what they base the videos on. 
is they just answer like, why did you put George on a one-stop strategy where Lewis was on a two? Why did you do this instead of that? And they actually go through from, you know, they don't go down and divulge all their criteria, but they end up saying like, look, all the data that we had at the time indicated that it didn't matter if we stretch George to a, you know, to a one-stop or if we brought him in, he was going to end up in the same place. This gave us the best opportunity because based on the safety car probability and blah, 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 really great insight. So for people who you know, maybe get a little bit bored with the on-track product and, um, you know, the dominance right now that we're seeing of Red Bull with the, the, the rare exception of the, the Ferrari win a couple of weeks ago. They do a great job of explaining how they're making their decisions and how the race is really breaking down. And they give you a little bit more of the behind the scenes. That- Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST you wouldn't necessarily be aware of uh, just watching the broadcast. Colin Livingston joins us the Cantork uh, Racing Report. Um, some other rumors that uh, Toyota might be coming to uh, F1. You know, and we consider, you know, Audi and Porsche and um, Cadillac, they're all kicking tires on F1. Is Andretti just going to be step one? Of expansion, do you think? Do you think we will see, uh, you know, another team where we're up to 24 cars within four or five years? So what Toyota's looking at doing is partnering with McLaren. Okay. So McLaren also just recently announced um, that they were going to partner with Honda. They were taking over the Honda engine deal from Red Bull. Um, so this deal with Toyota is, is kind of strange, uh, very strange timing. So they wouldn't be a, a independent team. They would be an engine supplier. Oh, okay. So it'll be a little bit different, but Toyota has such a great history in Formula One. Like, you know, back in the, in the nineties, they were such a competitive team as a new entity. Um, they were running, you know, why did they tens. leave? Uh, came down to the economic crunch. Okay. Um, you know, it, I guess they were running through the mid 2000s. And once everything happened, uh, the crash happened in 2008, they had to reassess where they were spending money. And, you know, that kind of stuff goes away. But, you know, with all of these manufacturers, again, like Audi, Porsche, Cadillac, and again, Toyota, uh, Volkswagen, they're all kicking the tires at getting in because at the end of the day, Formula One is the ultimate testing ground and proving ground for new technology. 
you've got these great engineers who conceptualize all these things. They integrate them into their cars within the rules. But, you know, all so many things that we take for granted on the streets, things like ABS brakes, um, that was something that was invented in racing, developed in racing, and then got implemented through, you know, the manufacturers. This is a great sign that, you know, um, F1 is really proving because all of these manufacturers, they bounce around and they'll they'll be in like the World Endurance Championship. They'll run in Formula E. They'll run in so many different series, but they're not at the same level. There is there is data that comes out and there is some you know technological merit to it. But there we're really showing that Formula One is still the, the forefront. Uh, Jessica Hawkins, who, uh, she raced in the, the defunct W series, uh, a few years ago. She was, uh, she just tested, uh, uh, she ran Aston Martin's, uh, 2021 20, car. She was the first woman in the last five years to test F1. And, and I remember, uh, reading an article about it, um, and, you know, they talked about just, you know, the strength and the endurance necessary to is very difficult for most of us schmucks. Like if you or I, or, well, you actually race, so maybe not you, but most average Joes, would get in one of these cars, they'd have no chance. Correct. Right? Like, yeah. literally, physically, yeah. you no, couldn't do it. No chance. So she is still in, like, the upper elite echelon of it. Yep. Do, do you think, physically, we will see a woman racing in F1? Yes, 100%. I've never known, from a from a true standpoint, if women were physically able. Now, I'm not saying, like, I never doubted it, but it's never really happened. To know, like, women get into indie cars all the time, and indie cars are, you know, in, in a lot of ways more physical than an F1 car. They don't have the same G load necessarily in the corners, they don't have the same mechanical grip, but they also don't have power steering. So if you're turning that car with the amount of downforce that that car has, like a, an indie car on a road course still puts out, you know, produces over 5,000 pounds of downforce. That's a ton to overcome, yeah. and that's a lot of G-forces, and women have done very well in IndyCar. Um, what was really cool, you know, I watched the entire interview after, um, you know, the Sky Sports interview with Jessica Hawkins, and she said, without question, women can drive the cars. The The limiting factor is that such a small percentage of women are getting into racing, you know, and let's just say that yes. it's go-karts where everyone starts that ends up in open wheel. The percentages are just astronomical, male to female. So, so few of them actually progress through the ladder to be in that position. Um, but, you know, obviously more and more, there's more inclusion. And, uh, man, I can tell you categorically, you know, go-karts are really pound for pound as close as you really get to these open wheel cars. And I get my ass kicked all the time by women. Like, it is not that they can't do it. Um, we just need more of them in more of them, you know, and they want and the ones who want to do it because correct. You, you have to do it because you love it, right? Well, Regardless we, of your gender. But we just need more numbers because mm -hmm. then more female um, slanted sponsors get involved and that helps fund them because motorsports is the one the one sport where it doesn't matter how good you are. The only way you progress is having money behind you. It's a very good point. hockey. If you're great at hockey and you're still a fumfering idiot and you can barely string a sentence together, someone will still pay you to go on the ice and do your job. Motorsports the other way until you get to the very highest end. So we need more sponsors. We need more injection of money to help these women progress because again, there's no reason why they can't do it. Having the, you know, the the W series going down. That's just one less series where you have right. people racing. 
but now there's uh, the Formula One Academy, which I think is uh, being launched. So it's a it's a Formula One initiative. They're um, starting next year. So it's going to take over. The W Series was a little bit more favorable to women that okay. they didn't have to do as much. Uh, they didn't need to bring nearly as much money. Uh, the Formula One Academy is going to be a little bit more expensive, so it might uh, prohibit some of the existing um, accomplished women drivers from from getting in. But it's also, um, you know, directly under the Formula One ladder. So once you've kind of been exposed in there and once you've got your, your foothold to move over to Formula Three is going to be a more natural move. OK then to two, and then ideally to one. But the fact that, you know, Renault did this with, with Jess Hawkins and they gave her the test, and, you know, you never know what goes in behind the scenes because teams don't hand out these tests. They're still extraordinarily expensive. So someone had to fund it, whether Renault used it as a, a PR engagement or if somebody actually ponied up the dough to rent that, you know, rent the track, the car, the, you know, for the day. Um, doesn't really matter. It was just great to see. And, um, you know, according to everything they're saying, she did really, really well for, you know, first time because, you know, again, the difference between a W oh. series car yeah. and a Formula One car, she's never driven anything like that aside from in the simulator. You can prep for, you know, the braking zones, the bumps, the, you know, the way the car is going to respond. But until you actually get the physical force, oh, yeah. like even, even the guys like Padua Ward, um, and, um, you know, Alex Pelot, the transition from IndyCar to an F1 test, you know, they, their necks were killing them. Their legs were killing them because the amount of leg force, it's something like 280 or 300 pounds of force, even though it's a brake by wire system that you have to exert. Next time, any, anybody, anytime, the next time you're at the gym, sit in a leg press with one leg and, and try and try and push a stack of 300. And not just once, you've got to do that for like every 20 seconds for two hours. Difficult. Quickly uh, to the week, uh, to the race this weekend. Um, are you expecting Red Bull to dominate again? Yeah, I think we're back to we're back to status quo. Really cool to get back to Qatar. Um, this was a, a fill-in track a couple of years ago during COVID. Um, they had to skip last year because of the World Cup. Um, but yeah, interesting. I mean, right now there's so many races concentrated in such a small area. Like, yes, the United States has three races, but the there's I want to say there's four now between uh, Saudi. Yeah, the like if you look on a map, the difference between the Saudi race, the Bahrain race, Qatar race, and Abu Dhabi, those four races are in such a small area. Um, you know, while it's obviously four independent nations, uh, very very high concentration of races in the Middle East now too. Colin, always good to have you, my man. Have a great week. We will chat with you next Thursday. Thanks as always. That's uh, Colin Livingston. And the racing report brought to you by Can Torque. Uh, coming up, uh, Mike Rupp will join us for his weekly. Uh, it, it was usually it's Wednesday, but uh, he had to switch yesterday because he was doing the uh, Penguins uh, preseason game. But uh, he will join us next after Connor Halley and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now, during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to 25% off select tires and a bonus of $50 on any service until October 21st. Book your appointment today at FountainTire.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.